Welcome to the Ed Epley Experience. 20 minutes that simplifies the complex job of managing and leading people and inspires you to take action on what you probably already know to build and sustain a smart and healthy business. Here's your host, Ed Epley, to introduce this week's guest and business leader. Welcome to the Ed Epley Experience. 30 minutes or less for you to get one or more proven business idea that will help you run a more sustainable and successful business, and especially in these unusual times. As we're recording this, we're in our, uh, we're calling it not lockdown. What the heck are they calling it? Quarantine. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's basically stay at home. And for the most part, it's putting a new wrinkle in how we try to do business and what business would look like normally. Uh, it's really different. So, Marcus, we're excited to have you with us today, folks. Marcus Ogden is uh, a really unusual, in a positive way, human being. Uh, he and I have had the good fortune of meeting relatively recently, last couple of weeks. And it's primarily through Marcus's efforts. Uh, we met on LinkedIn and um, I was intrigued by, one, how he communicated with me and made himself uh, valuable to me. And as a result, I just wanted to start having a conversation. And as we had those conversations, it became evident this guy's got something to share with all of us. And so that's why I asked him to be on with us today. So, Marcus, welcome to the Ed Epley Experience. Thanks for having me on, Ed. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing well. It's one of those uh, strange times, having gone through the great financial crisis uh, from uh, global financial crisis, 8, 9, and 10. Then uh, also, you know, 91, 92, there was a terrible outpouring of uh, businesses from the U.S. to other countries. And there was the uh, Y2K crisis. So I've been through a number of these with 40 years of experience. Um, Marcus, tell us a little bit about your business background, and then we're going to talk about uh, what preceded that. So my business background is I used to own a very successful construction business in Baltimore City in the state of Maryland. Uh, I grew it from $0 to an eight-figure-a-year business uh, between the years of 2008 to 2012. And unfortunately, Ed, I ended up losing the business in 2013, making some really bad business decisions and getting overextended on a project and trusting a client that I shouldn't have. And as a result of that, I lost my business. Today, I am yep. a keynote speaker, international, uh, so nationally as well. I'm a best-selling author. I have, I'm doing some consulting, a lot of work on one-on-one -on -one coaching, and I own parts of different businesses that correlate and basically have core values that align with our brand. Well, Marcus, prior to this entrepreneurial career, you were in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And the question, in fact, I what was it nine years? How long were you in the NFL? Six, six years. Six years. Okay. So you beat the average, which is what, 4.3 years or something right. like that? Like 1.2, 1.3. Okay. All right. Not long. So you were successful in having a career that went more than the average. Did you always know you were an entrepreneur? Yes. Uh, growing up, my father worked uh, in economics and in the financial industry. Uh, I knew, even though he worked for an organization, you know, he kind of was like that entrepreneur under a company umbrella. So I always wanted to be like him. I wanted to do financial planning. I wanted to do, you know, things of that nature. And I wanted to always be out trying to help people and solve problems for them. So growing up, watching my father with his success in corporate America as a entrepreneur under a company umbrella. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur uh, my whole life. 
I'm curious because I do not want to make this about your athleticism and your career in the NFL um, unless you feel like it's important to. But I, I'm curious. I got a feeling that you and I'd be talking even if you hadn't played in the NFL. Oh, yeah. I mean, the NFL, I learned a lot and from great leadership skills, how to deal with adversity, um, how to push through difficult times. Like that's what training camp is really all about. It's about who has the mental toughness to endure the heat, double practices. Like back when I was playing, you could be double padded out in the morning and in the evening. There wasn't anything like there is today where you only have right. certain padded practices and we didn't do inter-squad scrimmages. Like, of course, I think it's a great, a great idea, but we wanted to go against our own guys, our own team, our own players and say, hey, who's tough enough? Who can push through? And Ed, that's exactly what entrepreneurship's about. Who can push through? We're going to have times like we're having right now with the, with the COVID, uh, with the coronavirus. And we're going to have times where you're not going to get the job you thought you were going to get. We're going to have times where you're told no more than you're told yes. But do you have the mindset to push through? And that's what football taught me more than the athletic prowess. It's like how to have that mindset and that strong as nails foundation in my head. I could always succeed no matter what adversity I was going to be facing on the field and off the field. The fact that you've been so open about a business failure is kind of not unusual because there's a lot of us as entrepreneurs who've had failed businesses, but you make no bones about it. You talk about it. I guess we would call that leaning into the danger. When did you recognize there was value in doing that? I recognize there was value in doing that uh, in 2013 when I ended up losing my business. And I, that later on that year, I became a custodian. I had my pivotal moment. Then as I started saying, I want to be a speaker. I realized at that time, because I wanted to help NFL athletes in the, as a first, you know, first, first base. And I realized that those people needed to hear my failures, my shortcomings. Otherwise, I wasn't going to reach them because they were like, well, why am I going to send to you? Like, what have you been through to sit here and give me advice? So that's when I really learned, Ed, that sharing my story and owning the failures, you know, was going to help me in my business. Now, of course, in the beginning, it was hard because I got a lot of ridicule, a lot of shame, like, why are you saying this? Why are you doing this? But eventually, as I kept pushing through, people start saying, Marcus, thank you so much. I've had a similar experience. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had a good job in Baltimore Ed, where a young, uh, a young married couple said, Marcus, this talk helped me so much. We're in a $1.5 million lawsuit with an organization. And we don't know what's going to happen. But hearing your story of how you lost $2.5 million, well, you didn't lose, you spent two yeah. and a half million dollars, just like they've spent 1.5 with the client they trusted, like I did, lost everything and bounced back. It gave them hope that either something does go wrong, and I hope they get paid because they deserve it, they can always bounce back. Yeah. Do you think that's DNA, that it was just a part of who you are? Do you think that came from watching your parents or your dad, your mom, your influence as a youth? Do you think it came from football? How much of it is nature? How much of it's nurture that taught you this resiliency? I would say nature, probably about, I would say half and half. I've been someone who always had was born with the innate ability to push through 
because I wasn't like my, my brother. My brother was six foot nine in the eighth grade. Right? <laughs> so I'm six, six, but I didn't grow to six foot until I got to college. So I've always had to be someone that had that strong nature. Then from a nurture perspective, my father, but more importantly, my grandfather and my grandmother, my maternal grandparents were huge in my life. Okay. Forward. Because my grandmother was uh, born in Little Rock, Arkansas in the 1920s. She walked to school, to the school bus, you know, two miles each way to and home from school yep. to have an education. She left Arkansas, got to college, got a degree and became a teacher. My grandfather was in the U.S. Army, World War II. He got out. He was in the military with the Army. I mean, after the World War for a little while, right. he got into business. He then started becoming a boxing trainer, and he wow. devoted his life to helping keep young people off the street. So I had that ability to push through adversity from watching them and learning from them, which are the same things I'm teaching my kids, my two daughters, who are one is 16 and one is five. <laughs> <laughs> you got different generational uh, things going on there. I mean, uh, I, I it's a different world for the 16-year-old than the five-year-old, right? It is. And they both love their TikTok. They both love their little gadgets. But then they're so alike and they're so different. So I, I got four girls in the house. I've got my wife. I've got my 16-year-old, my five-year-old. We have a female dog. So I have four <laughs> females and there's just plain old me. <laughs> Uh, my guess is that being out of the house every now and then is a good thing for you. <laughs> it's a lovely thing. It's a lovely thing. <laughs> um, how about your advice right now for entrepreneurs in this environment? You know, this uh, this world that's a, a it's not a bit. It's a lot crazy right now with uh, COVID-19. What's your advice to business owners and executives that are le leading teams? So the first thing they have to do if you're leading teams, you have to create some type of daily time management block to, to go ahead and have conversations, Zoom call with your team. You have to block out that daily scheduled time for them. Because yep. if you're not doing that, then you risk them not seeing you or interacting with you in some capacity. And that could, that could really diminish the strength and bond you built. You have to also have clear and concise communication. People need to know what you're thinking, how you can help them, what needs to happen, and continue to have that clear communication. And another thing you have to do is be patient while people balance their work life and their home life while they're at home working. It's not easy when you have young people in the house, kids, teenagers, whomever that might be there. So some people might have to be balancing family and yeah. work, and that's yeah. hard. So I think as a leader, you have to be patient. And if you're someone who's an entrepreneur or someone who's in sales, there are five things you need to show people in these times to get them to be persuaded to want to work with you. Your character, what type of emotion do you have? What's the reason they should work with you or continue to work with you? Speak to them in language they understand, a.k.a. strong metaphors. And five, be concise. People don't have time <laughs> to waste. So it's character, emotion, reason, metaphors, and be concise. And that came from Aristotle 
in his rhetoric over 2,000 years ago, and it's still going to have heavy weight today. I was going to say, those sound like five pretty good things, no matter what's going on. <laughs> exactly. And so if things are going on bad, and right, you can have those five things shine bright. Imagine what's going to happen for you when our country comes out of this. Yeah. You're going to be in a much better position. You're listening to the Ed Epley Experience. Email Ed now with your questions for today's guest to podcast at theepleygroup.com. In his book, Let's Be Clear, Six Disciplines of Focused Management Pros, author Ed Epley breaks down key practices of professional management, how to implement them, and why it matters. Purchase your copy on Amazon.com today. Develop your competitive edge for the future while building a sustainable and thriving business. What's your what's your forecast? What do you what do you think the next uh, 60, 90, 180 days are going to look like? It's going to be tough. I mean, from what I've heard from people who are financial planners or people that are in the business world, as far as seeing what's going on, where the market's moving, how things are coming around, they're saying about three to six months could be here. And, you know, if that's the case, you just have to make some decisions as a business owner. How can you keep things going or do you pivot? And this is where I took all time. I'm someone, Ed, who lost it all. I lost my home. I lost my cars. I lost when I moved from Baltimore to Raleigh. Ed, I had four hundred dollars to my name. That's all I had. Millions of dollars from the NFL, from my business, gone. In April 2012, I was a multimillionaire. April 2013, I was bankrupt. I was broke, and I had four hundred dollars to my name. I didn't own a home. Both my cars were repossessed in the same day. No fresh card, no friends, nothing. So I'm telling you right now, the mistake I made with Caden is I got emotionally attached to a piece of paper that I looked at as a human being in my baby. And that was a mistake. And if you're in the business owner listening, be honest with yourself and evaluate what needs to happen. If you can push forward, you keep going. If you need to pivot, Make a pivot so you have the best chance to be in a better position. Don't end up like I did with $400. Now, am I back? Absolutely, I am. I've changed my life, but it was a battle end that I probably didn't have to go through. I didn't have to put myself that out there. But because I had no guidance, no coach, no leadership in my life, I exhausted every resource that I had. And when I came at the end of the day, Ed, I was completely wiped out. You're pretty self-aware at this point in your development, I would say. You you probably know yourself pretty darn well, your strengths, your weaknesses, your biases, your tendencies, correct? Correct. Yeah. How much better do you know yourself now than you knew yourself before uh, losing the business? Oh. I, mean, I mean, I'm wondering, were you 60% of the way there and this this has got, got you the final 40% more or less? Or uh, I, I, give us a, a, a before and after kind of a, a self-awareness. I was 50% self-aware. But before before this, and then when the pivot happened and I lost everything and I went through the process, now I'm 100% aware of myself. Because beforehand, I was driven by ego. 
You couldn't tell me anything. I okay. was a maniac who everything I said was always right, no matter what. Today, I listen to my trusted team. I'm a, I allow healthy dialogue and inclusion. And I'm much more aware of what I do well and what I don't do well. And if I don't do something well, I'm honest to that fact. I say, hey, I need help. And I have a great team around me. My business partner, her name is Dawn Wiener. We have a great website person. We have a great marketing person. Uh, And these are my three core team members. And when they speak, I listen. And it's about stepping up and saying, you know what, Marcus, you don't know everything. And that's okay. The human mind is designed to do a lot of things, but it's not designed to do everything. Is it wrong for me to assume that because of the strong uh, family background you had and the success you had athletically before you really became, you know, a, a, really got into business after the NFL? I, it sounds to me like you did, you hadn't had major failures up to that point. I had not. Yeah. I had not had, you know, I was drafted. You know, I got, you know, I got released from the NFL, kind of back injury. That was my, you know, my first failure. Right. But nothing when it came to like a catastrophic losing my money or yeah. losing property. No, I didn't have anything like that. That or, was or, my first effect. I was even thinking, you know, uh, hoping to play athletically and, and oh, yeah, no, I had to, never, never, yeah, told never, that you can't that. play. You're not good enough. Like, no, I didn't have that. No, I was, I went to high, I was started in high school. Uh, my last two years, I started as a redshirt freshman, Howard university office of line. So I was a four year starter, right. got drafted, played in the NFL. So I didn't have that adversity hit me in any regard in that part of my life up until my business. You don't, uh, you're certainly not an arrogant person today. And, and by arrogant, uh, one of those people who thinks that the rules that apply to others don't apply to, to them. I don't see that at all in you. I don't know if you ever were that way. Um, but, but I, I will tell you that the number one reason that I see executives fail, business owners fail is, um, that there's a form of arrogance where you don't listen. You people are giving you information and input that you really need to have, and you just either are unwilling or un- un- unable to hear it. Right, and that's exactly why I lost Caden. I was arrogant. My best people tried to give me advice, sound advice with great backup and great knowledge and credence. But because I was arrogant and I wanted to be my way. I didn't listen. And eventually those people started to leave my company, Ed. And once that happened, it the ship started to sink. So if we've got listeners who feel like as a result of this conversation that you and I are having, that they need to become more self-aware, is there any uh, path that you suggest to them that they go down to become better aware of their strengths, their weaknesses, their biases and so forth? Yes. Go to go find something called a mirror in your house. Look at it. Now, if you and ask yourself these two questions. If people around me that are my trusted advisors, when they speak, do I really listen? Or when they speak, do I hear them? It goes one ear and out the other. If it's number one, you are self-aware and continue to conduct yourself in that manner. If it's number two and everything you hear goes in one ear out the other, let me tell you something. I've been there. That was me. (laughs) 
As a result of that ad, I lost a multi-million dollar eight-figure empire. I lost <laughs> everything I owned, and I was bankrupt, almost homeless, and broke. So learn from my mistake. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm laughing because uh, if I'm that second one where I listen but don't listen, you know, where I give, give the illusion of it. I have a friend who says he, his job is, he's a salesman, he says, sometimes my job is to give the illusion of concern. And, and I, I, I'm not laughing because I think that's good. I'm just, I just find it funny that he's, you know, comfortable saying it. Um, yep. s- sometimes we, we want to give our people the illusion that we're taking their input. So we'll, we'll ask their opinions when in fact we have no, no, uh, intention whatsoever of, of listening oh. to it or, or doing anything with it. Oh, I was there. Oh, I've been there, but here's the problem with that though. Eventually it's going to catch up with you Oh yeah. because people aren't stupid. Smart people can feel if you're listening or if you're just, you know, pushing them to the side and eventually they're going to end up saying, yep, this guy's a nice person. I like them to some degree, but I can't work for them. And they're going to be off and gone. Yeah. Uh, do you feel at this point in your career, you've really honed in on your purpose, you know, your life's purpose, you know, you're in the spot, you're doing what you really are, are built and meant to do. Absolutely. I couldn't imagine doing anything other than speaking, consulting, coaching, writing, because it fills me up to see people that I'm working with as and serving as their coach or their consultant or they've read our book or they've been to one of our speeches say, Marcus, your words really helped me get inspired, make a change in my life. When I inspire people, that makes everything worthwhile, because at the end of the day, I don't want to motivate you for the short term. I want to inspire you for a long, systemic, positive change. All right. Now, I'm going to I think you and I have a lot of similarities other than our size of our foreheads. Um, uh, <laughs> so for those at home who don't have the benefit of being able to see Marcus, he's, he's got a pretty good size for it. He's not as bald as I am, but he's got he's got he's got a lot of skin <laughs> up there. So having said that, um I'm the kind of guy who loves what I do. And I, I'm fortunate to get to work with so many great people. Um, but there are times at the end of the day or at the end of the week when I'm uh, done with work and I should be focused on family and friends. I don't have much left to, to give. I've, I've poured it out in my work day in, day out, you know, during the course of the day or the week. Do you ever run into that where, where you're so in love with what you do and so good at what you do and you work so hard at it that there are times where you need to be a good father or husband. And it's hard to do that with all the energy you pour into your work. Yes, absolutely. And what I've tried to do and always done, and I'm doing a lot better job of it, is just learn to balance because what you have to do is you have to get work done but you don't want to work so much that life passes you by. Like yeah. last week we had game night at our house where we played sorry with my all with all of us, all the girl or well, all the girls and me right. were playing sorry, you know, or we're gonna do clue or something like that. And you know, my 16-year-old has two more years in our house, junior, senior, she's off to college. Right. You know, and we want to create memories with her and my little one who's five. I mean, I remember when she was born, now she's five years old, you know. So we have to always keep that where we're going to always push forward. And, but at the end of the day, we have to create that balance between work and family. If you don't do that, life can literally pass you by. 
Um, I have a good friend uh, that I've gotten to know over the years. He he built a complex to teach professional management to business owners so that they can run more successful companies and employ more people, Marcus. And his name is Clay Matil. The organization is called Aileron that he built and then the facility. Clay uh, said that you have to be very careful that your business does not become a mistress. He uh-huh. says it it, yep. it needs it needs to be a child that you and your family raise together, but it, you you got to be careful to not let it become that uh, that thing that competes for their affection and the, and your time. I think that's an excellent point. I love it because at the end of the day, you should be working hard to spend more time with your family because it, yeah. again, that's what le- to me that's what legacy is. When we're gone. The money's gone when we can't do anything with it. doesn't matter. So what goes on is how did you treat people? Like for me, my father's been gone for now 14 years, but I talk about him all the time. My daughters know about him. I post about him on social media. His legacy, it continues to go on. Yeah. That's the same thing I want from my family, my daughters, that they remember me as someone that was positive, that helped them through tough times, and they could count on when they needed to uh, someone to be there for them. I found that the three things that I do for my clients and the reason that they, I think, keep doing business with me is one, I make uh, complex things simple. Um, right. So, or they, they, they appear to be complex, but for me, they look pretty simple. And I, I just share that simplistic view of what I see with them. Uh, the second thing is I help them understand that the talent that they have around them and, and how does that compare and uh, look compared to what they need, you know, and, and to understand if they have all the talent that they need on their team. And then the last thing is, um, in specific instances, I, I give them permission to act that, you know, they're already wanting to do it, but I, but somehow something I says gives them the the courage to act and the permission to act on something that they need to act on. Um, right now is probably a time where courage is pretty important for leaders. Um, they, they need to either have the courage to stay the course. They have to have the courage to pivot, um, right. They have to have the courage to act, uh, uh, on, on a particular issue. Um, is there any advice for you based on your experience about, uh, how a, a business owner, a manager, a leader can be courageous right now? Yes. You need to do this process. You need to observe. Okay. You need to observe what's going on and see, you know, what you see and kind of be sure you can see all the different aspects of the business. You have to orient or process what you're seeing. You have to make a decision on what's best for you and the organization, and you have to act. You have to observe, orient, decide, and act. And that's what I tell my clients all the time is that if something doesn't look right and you feel it can't come back to where you want it to be, you got to pivot. If you feel that you can continue down the road and you can get to where you want to get to, we're going to keep the course. But a lot of people and everybody in our society that is of competent mind, they, have, they can observe. A good amount process or orient what they see. A few people make a decision that what they need to get done, but a lot of people it, don't act because yeah. they're scared of making that decision or putting themselves in a position where they're going to be vulnerable to have people judge them or see them in a certain way. So if you want to be in the elite, you have to do all those three. And then the fourth one, by goodness sake, you have to act. If you don't act, then observing, orienting, and deciding was all for nothing. Marcus, if people want to reach you, what's the best way? 
They can find me on our website, www.marcusmarquesogden.com. They can also shoot us a text at 919-635-6055. Or they can send us uh, an email at marcus at marcusogden.com. Also, we're on LinkedIn, Marcus Ogden, Instagram at Marcus Ogden, Facebook, Marcus Ogden, and then our Twitter is at Marcus underscore Ogden. They can contact us any way through there, and they can connect with us and have a, a chat about what they're going through, what they might need help with their business for. It's been a pleasure to uh, have this time with you. Uh, I know it won't be our last, and my guess is we'll have you on again, Marcus. Um, I really appreciate you sharing the experiences you've had and uh, the ideas that you uh, think are so important right now and and practically all times for for business owners. So I really appreciate it. And it's been a pleasure, my friend. I thank you for having me on, and I really appreciate it. Um, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to reach uh, me, don't hesitate to go to our website, theepleygroup.com. That's E-P-P-L-E-Y, theepleygroup.com. My book, Let's Be Clear, is available for you there, as well as a series of blogs and posts. If you need extra courage right now, recognize that there is so much risk in not acting. Right now, the risk is not so much in the decisions you make and the actions you take. It's more about the decisions you don't make and the actions you don't take. So please don't be afraid right now to really act. With that, we'll wrap this version of the Ed Epley experience up. It'll be posted shortly, and Marcus will make sure you know when it's there so you can share it with your listeners and friends, okay? Look forward to it. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Ed Epley experience. For more information on building a more sustainable, smarter, and healthier business, visit www.theepleygroup.com for resources, tips, and Ed's latest blogs. That's theepleygroup.com. Plus, take a free assessment at theepleygroup.com slash assessment to find out how you measure up as a highly skilled and accomplished manager and where to focus on improving your skills. 